morning, we have the privilege of having a guest speaker with us. Um, we have our children's ministry Christmas party downstairs, and uh, that was posted on Facebook. And a friend of ours contacted Ashley some weeks back, months back, and said, listen, I would love to come and help do that party with you. And so that was arranged, and I said, well, if you're going to come, maybe your husband would want to come and speak with us. Uh, Joe Jansen is the U.S. Ministries Director for Elam Fellowship. Elam Fellowship kind of divides themselves into a couple of different parts. Uh, the first was formerly called the International Department, led by Tom Brazell, who's been here before. Now they've had to change their name because of some other legal issues with the IRS. They are now the Global Ministries Department, and Joe heads up the U.S. Ministries Department. So Joe is kind of like my boss in a way. Uh, he's the one who tells me what to do and what not to do and what I'm doing wrong in life. Um, a lot, believe me. He has to call me a lot. Um, but uh, I actually met Joe and knew Joe back in the early 80s. Uh, we were on staff together at Elam. He was like the uh, campus carpenter, and I was the plumber electrician, and we kind of had some time together. And one of the things that happened when you were on staff at Elam is that we, I believe, uh, I was going to ask Karen, and I forgot, I think once a week, but maybe it was more than that, maybe it was every day, I can't remember, we would take a break about mid-morning, and then we would do devotions. I think the devotion was only once a week or something like that, something like that. And the rest of us, we, we would do a quick devotion because it was our turn, and we'd do a devotion, and it might be somebody would read Oswald Chambers, My Upmost First Highest, or something else, just, just real stuff. So when Joe got a chance to do devotions, he made it a whole preaching time. I mean, he, he went after it big time. And I thought even back then, this guy is like a, a, a born preacher. And when we were in our very first church in Sterling, New York, uh, which was very, very small, only about, you know, probably, I don't know, 40 people, I'd asked Joe if he would come out and speak. I still remember the sermon he spoke on Achan and the valley of Achor and what God made it, which was a valley of tears, but he brought it to become a valley of joy. Uh, I, I think Joe has a real preaching gift, and I am grateful. Every time I've heard him, I've been impacted and impressed with that gifting that God has put in him. But he's agreed to come and share with us today. So I'm going to ask if you would welcome him as he comes to speak. Thank you. Well, thanks uh, so much, Chris. Yeah, because, uh, and you know what happened in the, uh, a lot of people didn't really like doing the devotions, you know, standing up and, uh, and speaking. So people started giving me their devotions because they realized, well, you like it. So you, you know, you, and uh, Brother Edwards, David Edwards was the president at the time, and he called me in his office, and he said, uh, what's going on? You know, you're, I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, every week you're doing, a, you're doing the devotions, and he, uh, he cut me back. And uh, so I guess he didn't like it, me as much as you did, Chris, but I, I appreciate that. Because I'm always nervous coming to preach at uh, Chris's church because he's such a, like, theologian and teacher and uh, and I always feel like I'm, I'm kind of winging it, you know. I'm going on a wing and a prayer here. But uh, it's, it is a really a privilege. You know, one thing I want to say, uh, you've got a great pastor and wife. Uh, I, don't, I don't know anybody better uh, on how much he loves you guys, loves the, this region, and just how much uh, he puts into uh, pastoring his, you guys. And, 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 and I've looked, I think, I don't know if he really, it's like he's pastoring the whole town, too. It's really pretty cool. 
uh, and the dedication. A lot of people want to move around and jump here and jump there. But it's really cool what you can do when you stay in one spot uh, and just, you know, build day, day in and day out. You build little by little. It's uh, absolutely incredible what can happen. And, uh, you know, so, uh, the other thing is some people think, you know, small churches, that there's something wrong with small churches. You know, hey, hey when you grow up, maybe you'll have a big church. And sometimes, it's, I, you know, I do a lot of travel and talking to pastors. And a lot of times pastors have this, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, there's something wrong. And, but I, don't, I, when I read this article, I think there's like a billion people in small churches all across the globe. Now, I don't think a billion people can be wrong, you know, it's like, it's really a strategy of God to put uh, small churches everywhere, everywhere in, on the planet, there's small churches, nothing wrong with big churches, but God has a strategy to reach people uh, through small churches, and small churches can be uh, very, very healthy. You know, I always look at who's, you know, do you have people involved, are you raising up, are you raising up and equipping people, that's, and are you... Uh, transforming the town and the, and the region that you are. That's what, that's what God's looking at. So I, I just think these guys are doing an absolutely amazing job. And man, uh, I don't know what's in the water here, but uh, the kids everywhere, even, and he said that, and he said that they weren't, most of them are downstairs. It's like, holy man, it's amazing what you got going, in, going here. So it's good. All right, well, um, I want to talk to you about uh, Christmas, because it's Christmas, so I thought maybe we would uh, do that. I think uh, Pastor Chris said that he's going through the book of John, and maybe he wouldn't be having like a Christmassy message, so I thought, well, hey, let's do it. You know, nowadays, uh, there's, uh, people are like really into birth announcements, like now even, now, now they, you know, the young people do, uh, the, it's even like the gender reveal, you know, it's like, you know, they, you know, like they, they have a cake. And inside the cake, it's either a blue thing or a pink thing, which I, I guess some people would th think, like, wow, that's not, you know, you shouldn't be uh, designating life. But it's a big deal. It's like, you know, how they do it and uh, uh, how you announce it and when. And, you know, you get all your friends together. It's, you know, pretty, pretty amazing. But uh, I want to I read to you, really, it's the birth announcements of all birth announcements. You know, this is, uh, I know when uh, one of the princes over there in England, they, they had a big deal about a, when the, one of the, one of the uh, princesses got pregnant and everything, big deal. But this one, in Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read like from 7 to 20. It's really, this is God's birth announcement, and it, it can't get any more incredible than this. And so uh, here we have it in Luke 2, 7 through 20. It says, uh, and she, Mary, she gave birth to her, first, to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in the clothes and placed him in a manger, which is actually a feeding trough, uh, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, because I'm bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they rushed or hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby uh, lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned uh, to where they were, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So pretty, pretty incredible stuff, isn't it? And so I want, I want to talk to you about just some lessons from, uh, from, from Christmas, some things that Christmas teaches us nowadays. And first of all, uh, when I read the story, it's like uh, God, uh, he makes the announcement, he'll speak to unlikely people. He speaks to people that maybe you wouldn't even think he would speak to. In fact, maybe you're sitting, you might be sitting here and thinking that, uh, hey, God wouldn't speak to me. You know, like uh, I'm one of those people that I don't think God would speak to. But this story would say that God, God talks to, he's willing to talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime. That's, that's, that's really what, it, you know, because in this day, when you think about it back then, people were rushing around, doing their thing. I mean, uh, and it, it, just like today, we're, we're getting the presents, we're, now we got to cook. We got to cook cookies for church. You know, we're we're baking. We're we're just right. Isn't life? It's just a, a big. Uh, it's a big time to hurry up, right? Sometimes people are like you. You can't wait till the season gets over because it's just you're just in a rush. And it's similar to here, where you have one of the great, probably the greatest moment in history, is happening right at this time here, and only a very few people even heard about it. Very few people took notice. Very few people even knew that it happened, that the Son of God became a person. I mean, and it's a, you know, and people, people didn't even notice, but God was willing to make the announcement, and he was willing to tell uh, these shepherds. Why would God tell shepherds, you know, guys that are out there uh, tending sheep, you know, and here's, here's the thing. Shepherds, they were not, uh, they weren't high on the social scale. They weren't on the in crowd, you know. You're not gonna. You, you, they were. They were not like people you were hoping to be. They were dirty. They were even considered, I think, religiously like unclean. They were kind of a. Da- they were kind of considered a little bit dangerous. Uh, you know, they're out there at night. They're with the animals. They're they're literally smelly and dirty. You know, again, you think why would God pick those guys to talk to? I think it's because. He's trying to remind us that you don't have to be, you know, in the upper, upper echelon of people for me to speak to. Because you might, you know, you, you might think that, that, you know, if it was God and, you know, it's his son, that he's going to find the top of the, the cream of the crop to tell everybody, hey, my son's here now. But no. See, God picked these kind of uh, lowly kind of people who are shamed people who you, uh, they, they were considered unclean, they were not religious. They were not who you, you know, they weren't, church, they, they, these were not church folk. You know, they, were, they weren't, they, these weren't the people that were, you would, you would think were uh, hearing from God. And yet God woke these guys up, shook them to let them know. So it's like, we're, there's a verse, with, you know, that he takes the, uh, the weak things of the world to confound the wise, which means that God can speak to me. You know, like, you know, I would be an unlike. I was an unlikely candidate. God can speak to you. That God, God will even share some some of the most important information that you could ever hear about the birth of His Son. I mean, I mean, 
You think about what it must have been like out in those fields when all of a sudden the angels burst through the skies. Because the angels must have been just like beside themselves also. I don't know if they were in on it. Like, did they know this stuff was going to happen? But when all of a sudden Jesus, one of the Trinity, he, he's, he, he comes down to earth, the angels had to be, whoa, you know, like, and like, like, check this out. And then, but like, and then they all stand up, all the angels, and there's, you know, legions and multitudes. It must have been just like, and just like this roar in heaven and, and that, that, that also shook the earth. When Jesus was born, because I, I, I pictured the angels like every one of them standing to attention, you know, and just and giving a salute to the King of Kings who now became a man. And, 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 he's, and, and they're making this unbelievable announcement that God has come to earth. And again, it's this unlikely thing. Are you, have, you ever, have you been there? Have you ever been there where you just don't feel like Maybe you had a you know if you had a bad weekend you come to church it's like you almost think maybe I shouldn't even go to church you know or or you know you have a bad day and uh, and maybe I shouldn't pray maybe I shouldn't read my Bible you know I'm not I'm not, but this remind God's always trying to remind us that you He came for the lowly the shamed though you know when we feel like we're broken inside when we feel like we're we're just dirty and stained and there's something wrong those are the people. That God came for. It's the it's when we feel unlikely that God says, No, you're just the candidate. I want to talk to you. I want to I want to tell you about my son. You know, this it's 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 just amazing how he chooses the broken. He chooses the humble. You know, that that if if you're there where you're feeling, you know, broken down, you're you are the most likely candidate to hear the voice of God, to hear uh, just as great of, a, of an announcement that God is making. I mean, it's the announcement of all announcements to me. Because, you know, he, uh, he just loves that uh, to choose the, the weak things of the world to confound the wise, you know. That, and so that all we, can, all we can do is say it's God, you know, that it, it's God in our lives. So it's, uh, it, it's, Christmas reminds me that God will speak to the unlikely. And oftentimes, I'm an unlikely candidate. Uh, the second thing that, 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 that it does for me, it teaches me, Christmas teaches me that God speaks uh, suddenly. You know, have you ever been there? You know, like uh, I, we just yesterday, Joanne and I, uh, we, well, we didn't celebrate it. We're celebrating tonight our 33 years of marriage. We've been married for 30. I don't know how it happened. I really don't. Um, you should be clapping for her because uh, you're talking about grace. She must have had a lot of grace. I'm not easy to live with, but you know, 33 years. I mean, 33. You know, you know, kind of, you know, day in and day out, week after week. You know, like people say, we go to a restaurant. You know, the, when they see, are, are you, are you together? I always say, yep, yeah, you bet we are. Every day, every week, every month, every year, 33 years. You know, it's like day in, and and you know, life can be that way. Sometimes it can kind of. You're going through the drudgery of life, you know, you know, day in and day out, you know, you go to the same job, you know, you're parking the same parking spot, you know, you, you got the same irritable people at work that drive you crazy, you know, that, you, you know, you go home, you watch the same television shows, you know, the, and, and, and sometimes you ever feel like, the, wow, you know, like, uh, what, is there anything uh, going to happen? Is anything going on in my life? You know, did something exciting happen? And that, you know, again, you got these... Uh, these shepherds out there, I mean, it couldn't be, that could not be a very exciting job. I mean, now and then, maybe beating off an animal or something, you know, but, but I mean, sheep, you're out there sleeping with, uh, sleeping at night, you know, out in the 
out there, out there in the wilderness. It wouldn't be for me. Uh, it just, you know, what is going on? But all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden God breaks in. I, I had a job. Uh, one of the times, just want to share with you the time when God really broke into my life. One, one, I had a job working in a, it was a, a drill bit uh, warehouse. I believe it was like a cutting tool warehouse. And one of, one of, my, one of my jobs was putting together uh, drill bit sets, uh, you know, that you'd buy. You could buy them in a store. And uh, one of the sets, the, the, uh, like the, just the worst set that you could do is the, uh, I don't know if you know much about uh, drill bits, but there's a, there's a number of drills, the 60 to 80s. The 60 to 80s, they're like, they're, they're like, they're like, you know, the size of your hair. I mean, that's, they're like, you almost need, you'd almost need, well, now, at my age, I was 18 at the time, so at my age, now I would need a magnifying glass to see, and we would, you would have a, a, this huge, well, a couple tables uh, with all the, the empty sets, and we would have to, like, do 100 at a time, and you would just, you'd be, you know, just going down, you know, going down, trying to get, and you're trying to get them in there, and it was, you talk about, and I, you know, I, I, have, I had ADD before it was, before it was fashionable. And uh, you can only imagine uh, somebody with attention deficit disorder trying to stay focused on the most bored. I mean, I would rather watch paint dry than, than to have to do the 60 to 80s. And, and my boss would say, you know, I'd come in on a, on a 60 to 80 day, and he would just, like, look at me like, well, it's one of those days, you know. And, and uh, it, was, it was, I mean, I, we'd go crazy. Just after, two of us would do it. Would do it. And one day, uh, one, just one day, my boss, who was, uh, I can't tell you the whole story, my boss, I worked this factory, three uh, warehouse, like three years, summers I worked. And, and first, actually, oh, in high school, I worked uh, from three to five, and then su summers when I was in college. And my boss was a crazy guy, wild guy. He was wild, him and a couple other guys that worked there. My father got me the job. I don't know, you know, I don't know why he would put me there. Because uh, it was great. These guys were like they were like Harley Davidson guys, uh, uh, you know, biker guys back when biker guys were really biker guys. They would come, you know, drunk, just crazy. And then, but then this one summer, uh, my boss all of a sudden one day, you know, I'm doing the 60 to 80s. He comes over, and he asked me if he could tell me about Jesus. And I'm like, really, you know? And because uh, I knew, wow, that that that's that's interesting coming from you. And he, I said, well, sure, you know, because, you know, my life was getting wild, and I was, uh, I had been complaining all summer long to him about life. And uh, he told me about Jesus and then said, do you, do you want to accept Jesus? And I was like, well, yeah, I did that for you. And I, I, at the time, I didn't realize how excited that must have been for him, that he shares Jesus with me. And I'm like, well, of course I want that, you know, and, and it actually completely changed my life. You see, because it, it wasn't the angels breaking in, but God sent a messenger uh, in, in Tom Keefe and uh, just radically changed my life right there when I was doing the 60 to 80s. And see, God wants to, he, it's, it's, a, it's a suddenly thing. Because sometimes you think, like, nothing's, you know, nothing's happening. You know, it's just uh, life's going on, the problems, uh, it's all staying, uh, all staying the same. Nothing's ever going to change. We kind of have a tendency sometimes to, like, freeze-frame things where, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. And, but, but God can break in, and God does break in. And he comes in, like, in a, in a, in a, in a suddenly way, you know, and, and, and just begins to speak to us. And every one of us here in this room are candidates for God to suddenly speak about his son, about Jesus and what Jesus can do in our lives. That because, because, you know, when his son came, when Jesus came, it changed everything. It, it takes the, 
that's the, you know, because I, I grew up, I grew up in Catholic, being a Catholic in eight years of Catholic school. It was, it was, it was like, you talk, again, I'd rather do 60 to 80s than, than go, go to a Catholic mass. I mean, you're real. I mean, you know, it was just like, how, I used to think if, if God is this boring, you know, I, you know, how could, if, if it, how could God be this boring? Like they worked at, I felt like they worked overtime to make God boring. You know, it's like, you know, like, let, let's just dumb him down as far as we can go. And I, I was just like, he's got to be more exciting than this. And, and it is. It's the most, it, it, when you walk with God, it's, it should be the most exciting, adventurous thing. Although sometimes there's periods where you wonder, are we getting anywhere? And then God breaks in suddenly. And I think the thing that we need to do is, uh, my, I guess my third lesson would be that uh, Christmas teaches me to be curious that we have to stay uh, curious, you know, because those the shepherds, they said, hey, we got to go check this out. You know, you know, because like, a lot of times Christianity and following Christ becomes boring because we we lose our curiosity. In fact, I, I, I had this phrase. I, I don't know if it was a God thing, but I, I, I felt like I felt like God said it to me that not only curious, we need to be courageously curious, because when you're create courageously curious, it causes you to step out in faith. And, and it's, it, you know, what's, what's dangerous is that the longer sometimes, the longer we stay in the church, the less curious we become. And God wants us to be like these shepherds to say, wow, did you hear that? You know, because they must have been like, you know, I hope you heard that. You know, you, you, you know it's like, you know, because like if you didn't hear that, like then I'm really going crazy. You know, you're hearing those voices in your head that Pastor Chris was talking about, you know, like, you know. And so they were like, well, yeah, I heard that. And it, let's go check this out. And that, again, we miss God when we're reading the Bible, and, so, and sometimes you just know it's a moment when it's like, whoa, what, what was that? And then, but then we don't, you know, we just leave it at a devotional. You know, we leave it at, because what happens when you've been in the church for a while, it's like, well, i got to do my devotions, i got to have my quiet time, and it's a box to check off. And we, we lose our curiosity because, well, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that, I've got my theology, I've got my doctrine, I've got this. And we lose our curiosity that when God speaks to us, like we're reading the word or we're in church and a song, something, something in the song, just boom, and it's there. Uh, and the courageously curious, they go after it, you know. They're, they kind of get like a hound dog, you know, they're sniffing after it. Going, we've got to go after that. Uh, but you, when we don't, when we, when we get tame, when we, when, when we get too safe, because you can't be safe. You can't always be safe when you're dealing with God because, you know, when you're going after something, like when Peter, the courageously curious is like Peter saying to Jesus, hey, if that's you uh, out there on the water, uh, can I come out with you? And when Jesus said, come on out, Pete, you know, Pete was like, did I just say that? You know, like, was that my outside voice that said that? But he was, he was, he was courageously curious, and they got him out of the boat and onto the water. Uh, only one of them, only one guy of the 12, the other 11 had to watch and talk about it. Peter could actually say, I experienced it because he was courageously curious. And the courageously curious, what you do is you go after that 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 nudging that the Holy Spirit gives because it's not always angels breaking through and like this because this is this is a big announcement but he always speaks to us sometimes in the still small voice sometimes in some impression and I have to stay curious I have to I have to uh, uh, look at things from different angles now people with ADHD uh, were naturally curious so if you you know it, it actually can be helpful in that we, we we want but all of us should all of us should be looking at, hey, God, I need to chase this down. 
I need to go after this. I need to, I need to find out more. I need to study. I need to observe some more. I need to see some more. Because that's, a, you know, what does it say in Matthew 7, 24? You think Jesus said, like, like wise people put, uh, put action to my words. You know, uh, I think James, I love, I love the book of James because James is like in your face, just like, you know, just, just say, he, you know, he's like, uh, you know, you got faith, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, give me some works, you know, show, show me your faith, you know, and that's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, faith without works, he said, it's dead. And the, 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 the courageously curious, they go after it. They put action to the words. They, they say, let's, let's try this thing out. Let's, let's, let's get out there. And so, again, it's, it teaches me to stay uh, super curious because you've got to be curious because the other thing that, uh, that you need to do is stay flexible. This Christmas story teaches me that I've I got to be flexible because when Jesus came, it changed everything. I mean, it even changed our calendar. You know, they, 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 it was so momentous, this, this story this what happened is so momentous that time stopped, and they, it was like you know well well now be you know be this is a, you know after Jesus came you know we're going to literally mark our calendar differently. I don't understand how how in churches we we get well I do understand because we're creatures of habit but how do we get how do we stop being curious and how do we uh, become rigid when when you know this whole story is about change. The only thing constant about walking with God is change. And Jesus, when he comes, time changes. Time stops and changes, right? And what did Jesus say? When I, have a, I have a list of the different things that, uh, that changed. The whole, well, there's an old, kind of an Old Testament and a New Testament, right? There's an old, like an old covenant and a new covenant. There's, uh, there's a, uh, a, a new birth that has to happen, right? There's a new wine that Jesus talks about. It's like, it's like I, if, I, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, flexible, I'm going to break. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. I, if I don't say curious and flexible, they kind of go together because uh, uh, there's a new temple. There used to be this big temple, you know, and, uh, and animal sacrifices. And I imagine at some point, uh, some of the Jewish people who became Christians must have been, ah, the good old days, you know. Uh, over and over, oh, you know, man, I wish we could have one of those animal sacrifices like we used to, you know. It's like, we never sing the animal sacrifices anymore, you know. It's like, we need, those animal sacrifices had a lot to say, you know. They, they, were, they, were, they were real word pictures, and we should have the animal sacrifices. But, you know, there was only, you know once Jesus died and rose again, uh, there was only one sacrifice, it all changed. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that anymore. And, you know, there, there's this continual thing uh, with walking with God is we're going to have to change. We're going to have to grow. We're going to have to, uh, we're going to, have to develop. You know, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to build some things. New, there's a new priest, too. I didn't mention that. Uh, we, you know, rather than uh, those guys are going to do it, we are the priests. So uh, things are changing. I, gotta, I, I have to stay flexible. In our day and age, uh, change is like exponential, isn't it? It's like you get, a, you get a new phone, and next week I need another new phone. It's like I thought, they just, I thought I just got the new iPhone, but no. Then they come out with another iPhone, you know, and I just start getting how to do, uh, you know, something on the computer, and then they, they, like, change it. You know, they upgrade. I don't want an upgrade. I don't, I don't want an upgrade. Like, they upgrade, you know, uh, windows and stuff, and it's like I just learned the other one. I just got this. And, but change, it's exponential. Everything that's happening, so we we have to be. Uh, we just ha we look at you know if just look at the story of Jesus, the uh, the change that happens now, because you know we kind of like we kind of sanitize the 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 story of the birth of Jesus. You know we clean it up in the church, but when you think about it, 
I think like when, when the uh, shepherds got to the, to, the, to the barn, because that's what it was. I mean, it was a barnyard. And they, you know, they probably, they probably, they probably like, uh, I think we might be, in, I, I think they looked at you, I think we're in the wrong spot. Because it's like that announcement that we got doesn't match this. You know what I'm saying? It's like this, this doesn't compute because Jesus is in a feeding trough. I mean, they had to place him because I've been at births. You know, I've been three kids, three births. It's, they're terrifying experiences. Uh, you know, they're just, I, I don't know who, who thinks they're beautiful, but I found them terrifying. Uh, you know, like, like, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, oh, man, just, it's, oh, you know, like, I saw, you know, it's just like, oh, I can't even imagine doing it in a barnyard. Like, you know, where's the nurses? Where's the antiseptics? Where's the soap, the water, you know? Because we got to clean up here, you know? I mean, you know, I, they asked me if I wanted to hold my first child. I'm like, my God, clean him up first, please. You know, it's like, I'm, like, I'm not, just, oh, my goodness. I, you know, but they didn't have any of that. And then they had to put him in a feeding trough. Uh, it was uh, like a saliva-soaked uh, 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 place where animals had just eaten out of. This is where they're laying him. And the shepherds are like, now, wait a second. We got all these angels, and the light was shining, the earth was shaking, and... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much is going to come of this, you know? You know, like, uh, you know, but, you know, this, you know, they're looking at, uh, you know, and, you know, like, and then looking at the parents, like, well, she's awful young and uh, you know, pretty irresponsible. They, couldn't they get a place? Like, they couldn't get a place? Like, didn't they call ahead? Did they book? Would they book something? You know, and, like, everything's going against them, you know? And... That's, that's how life can be sometimes, you know, when every, you, know, you can look at where you are and think, well, nothing's ever going to come of this, you know, but, but God always sees, it, it, it ties in with change because God always knows that the story's not over yet, in fact, it's just beginning. Now, for Jesus, it's going to get better, then it's going to get way worse before it gets better again, and sometimes that's the way God works, isn't it? in us that you see it's it's uh there's always change coming if we'll allow it and god is always looking at our potential and calling us he's calling he calls the potential out of our out of out of us and that's what we should be doing for each other because there's, there's change but sometimes it gets worse before it gets better like uh the guy in in john you know you're going through the book of john uh john chapter 9 where jesus they come across this uh you don't have a clock in here chris I just noticed that. Oh, my God. Next week's the hour service, but this is the three-hour service. So, uh, uh, I'm going to make up for lost time. I didn't even put my, my phone's back there. I have nothing. All right. Um, the guy, that, uh, because I realized I'm jumping to John 9, I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, but that guy, that blind guy, I, always, I get a kick out of the story because he's blind, not deaf, and yet, you know, Yet they're talking about him. Who sinned? Who sinned? What's what's wrong with this guy? Did his parents sin? Bad upbringing? Bad parents? Was he bad? Somebody's got to be bad. You know, the judgment of God's on this guy. Uh, and you know, the, the, the disciples just aren't getting it. You know, because it's like Jesus, is like, hey guys, 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 guys. He's blind for the work of God. You know, it's not. It's not. They're trying to put judgment on him and condemnation on him for his his where he is in life. And don't don't we do that to ourselves sometimes? Like, things go wrong, and it's like, ah, oh, you're lousy, you're no good, you're never going to add up, you know, when are you going to be somebody, you know, you know, it's like we just get all over ourselves, and God's up there saying, no, 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 there's an end to this story, you see, because, and, and Jesus takes, you know, I, I don't have time to do it all, he makes the guy worse, he smears uh, mud and saliva on him, says, go, go wash, you see, because what Jesus is trying to tell us is, listen, when, when we come to God and do what he says in our mess, He'll make a message out of the mess that we were in. 
It's oftentimes, though, that we disqualify ourselves because we see ourselves, uh, we're, in a, we're in this mangy manger, and what could ever come of these people that are going to end up in Nazareth on the other side of the tracks, the losers of losers, and, uh, and nothing could amount, and we just give up. And we got a blind beggar in John chapter 9, or just a blind beggar guy, and now he's got mud all over himself, and he's wandering across the town. But at the end of the story, see, because there's always at the end of the story, if we go through the changes that Jesus wants us to go through, there's a message at the end. There's a, there's a, there's a transformation. And our, that, that, you know, that, that's, the, that's the thing, is, is going all the way through. Don't, don't uh, get rigid. Don't stay where you are. Don't lose your curiosity and understand that change is just a part of it all. You know, uh, it's just, uh, but at the end of the story, that man, uh, he, he could see and he wound, up wor- he wound up worshiping Jesus. At the end of the story, Jesus defeats the enemy. He's on a cross and it looks like it's over, but he literally defeats the enemy and, help, and makes a way for us to come back in. You know, so it's cha- change, you know, it's, it's just what, what we have to do. And then the last thing uh, that I want to tell you about that I got out of this is uh, it, Christmas teaches me to Take it back with you. That it says. It says that the shepherds, uh, the shepherds went back. You know, because again, this is what stops change. Sometimes is that we have a great experience with God, and then we want to just stay there. Just like up in the Transfiguration, Pete was like, "Let's build the tabernacle here. We're just going to stay here, and we want to stay there." But these guys, they went back. They they went back to life, and uh, we need to. That, you see, because each of us has a mission. We're, we, we're really, we're ambassadors of change. We're ambassadors of this story of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. And, you know, when I, I, I travel, I talk to a lot of pastors and, and leaders. And uh, the thing that I love the most about, about what I do is being able to sit down uh, at a lunch or a meal, some sort of a meal and listen to people's stories. Listen to what doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter if they have 20 people in their church or 2,000 people in their church. Their story is the most powerful part of what what God is doing in them and what's going on in their life. It's because your story, your story makes a difference. Your story that's connected to the fact that Jesus came to Earth, and He made us ambassadors of this. That we that we tell our story to bring other people into this connection with their Father in Heaven. The most important thing, see, we, we, I always tell people that we should, I think, uh, periodically, we should remember when we didn't know Jesus. Because it, it, it gives me a lot of energy to make sure that I'm, I'm ready to tell my story to other people because it changes life. It, life is so, is so desperate without Him. And that, that, that when, we, when we've met him, like these shepherds met him, you can't, stay, you can't stay where you are. You've got to go back out there and tell your story. No matter what it is, you, maybe you were born and raised in the church, but where you connect with God, where you connect with, with, our, with the Savior, that story is a powerful story. It doesn't have to be a story of drugs and this and that. You know. No, it, it's a story of where did you meet God? Where did, you, where did you literally come into a relationship where, where you can communicate with your Father in heaven? Where you can really say, I've come back home. I've, I, have, I have a home uh, and a Father in heaven 
that, that you know, leads me and guides me, gives me peace, gives me security. When you tell that story from who you are, it's, it's a powerful story. And it's the greatest, the greatest lesson that we learn from Christmas is telling that story of how that Jesus 2,000 years ago is, is alive and well in each one of us. And it's, uh, it's, it's what he wants more than anything is for us to tell the story because your story, listen, don't, uh, I want to make sure I got, I forget, don't, some people say, well, my story is boring, but your story is never boring. You know, he, because uh, he, 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 he's doing it in you and it's about God. When you start telling people about what God has done in you, it's an amazing story. It, it, it literally touches people's lives. Um, and that, we, need, we, need to bring that, we need to bring that to people. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave you with one, one other thing that I want to leave you with that uh, it has a little bit to do with change is that I want to challenge you with uh, what are you going to do with your story? Um, and what do you do? What are you, your curious, your uh, courageous curiosity, what are you doing with that? Uh, because when you're courageously curious, you can't help but to kind of believe God for something and, to, and to, uh, to put it out there. You're putting your faith out there to believe God for something. And I always like to take, uh, take the challenge at this time of year and in, in the beginning of the year is what's one thing, one thing that you want from God like in 2017? What, if there's one thing, that you want to put out there, that you want, you'd love to see changed, you know, a change that the, that all of this, all of this story, uh, come into life in your life, you know, and and don't take the first thing that comes to mind because it's probably you know a BMW or, you know, uh, you know if you're a single guy, you know you want you know a smoking hot wife or maybe you're married and you want your wife to be smoking hot or something. I don't you know uh, uh, this this type of stuff, but. There's, when you, if you ask that question, what do I really want God to do in 2017? What, if there was one thing, and I could only have one thing that I could put my faith out there with, you know, that I'm, I'm asking him for, that I'm believing that this is going to happen, uh, what would it be? You know, I, I, one of the things that I did this with uh, my dad when he was getting older, didn't know Jesus, and uh, it was a year where I said, Lord, that the, by the end of this year, I, I'm just I'm believing you for my father. I want the assurance that my father knows you. And uh, I, I think I'm over time now, so I can't tell you the whole story. But at, by the end of the year, it was an amazing thing. He, uh, I found out through somebody else that, because my father was a very quiet guy, that, that generation they usually are, but that he accepted Christ before he, he had died. He died by the end of the year, and, uh, and he had, he had, I found out he knew Christ. He had accepted Christ. When you, when you really go, you, you have to ask the question a few times. What do you really want? Because what, otherwise, what I'm trying to do, what, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is stir up some courageous curiosity. What are you going to go after with all of what is in that Christmas story? Why did Jesus come and, and to put action to it? What is it? What is, what is some, what's the most important thing to you? And go, at, go after that with a courageous curiosity. So that's what I'd love you to do this Christmas. Can I pray for you? Thanks. Let's do it. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. We're just taking a moment now and uh, asking your Holy Spirit to come even in a greater way than what you've done through worship and everything we've done. 
And Lord, we're pondering now. We're just, Lord, it's in the rush and the crunch of this season. And Lord, some of us are even more, we even, our hearts get uh, heavy during this season. We, Lord, because it brings, we just get, some of us are even more sad during the season. So, uh, Father, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would come and bring comfort that that that's who you are. Bring comfort to those who grieve during the season, that are that are wounded during the season, that their loneliness is even more uh, pronounced during the season. That you would begin changing those things in in their life, and for each one of us that we're pondering, what is it that you want us to go after? What is the most important thing in our life right now, Lord? What is it that we're to be ambassadors of for you. Who is it? Or what in our life that you want to do something incredible? Where do we need to be courageous and adventurous in faith? Lord, where have we become too safe? I'm asking the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, break through religion and even good rituals and good training that we've had that but sometimes now I've gotten in the way of, of your voice and adventure and faith. Break through all of that. Lord, there's some here that need uh, in their soul, there's something broken that they need fixed. Some emotional peace, uh, some anxious peace. There's some, Lord, though, that are suffering from perfectionism and need to realize that not everything gets fixed in the here and now. But I'm asking you, Father, to speak to every heart here about one thing that they'll go after. I ask you to bless this church, bless the pastor, his wife, family, uh, and that, Lord, uh, fruitfulness will come even to a greater degree through this place and bless this town, this village, and this region uh, through this place. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. It was wonderful talking to you. Amen. Good word. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. That God speaks to unlikely people like us. But he doesn't leave us where we are. When he shows up, things change. Amen? Amen. How many of you felt, uh, I was just curious, how many of you, as soon as Joe talked about believing God for one thing for 2017, how many of you had something come immediately to mind? That was interesting. Okay. I wondered about that. Good. Well, let's believe God for his best and what he has planned for us. Amen? Remember, next Sunday is the Hope of Christmas service here at 1030. It's one hour long. Don't forget to sign up as well for uh, the adult Christmas party if you haven't done that yet. Uh, And if you could, it would be really nice if you're uh, one of those folks who are coming. If you have not paid yet, it would be really nice if you could pay Jenny like today so that she doesn't have to do it next week. It can be a done deal kind of thing. That would be great. Uh, And then finally, uh, if you're able to help with the Christmas cookies, please let Brother Frank know, okay? We want to see that these folks are cared for, all right? All right, good. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Don't forget to get your kids and no free trading, all right?